0: You know folks this is Glenn Glassper. thank y'all for joining me again. We're back. We're back. We're back I know we were out for a couple weeks, but we're back and uh, Thank you for tuning in today again This is the real life real estate investing show where we talk about real life real estate, real estate situations, situations But we bring you real life real estate solutions. I'm your host Glenn Glasper, affectionately known as mr. Doll out of a dime and we have a great show for you today uh, and We'll be right back to tell you all about it. So uh, stick around and we'll be right back. back. This Again, this is the Real Life Real Estate Investing Show where we talk about real life real estate situations, but we bring you real life real estate solutions. And today I have with me a special guest that's going to have a topic that I believe is long overdue for those of you that are in the fixing and flipping business. You definitely want to hang around and listen to some of the things that we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about something that a lot of people have been misinformed or misunderstood Uh, As it relates to real estate investing in terms of short sales Um, So definitely hang around we got some great information. I have with me today The president of HB Funding Incorporated, Mr. Don Thornton Now Mr. Don Thornton is uh, considered to be the best freaking short sale investor in the country uh, As well as he can show us how to never pay capital gains taxes uh, Even without a 1031 exchange now, I know when I heard this, I was like, "Wait a minute! I got to figure out how to do that." You know, because that's one of the biggest things that a lot of people get caught up in when they look at the amount of money they expect to make on a flip. People get excited because they see I, I get to make fifty or sixty thousand dollars on a flip, but what they don't recognize in many cases is the taxes that you know when you partner with the with Uncle Sam, or Uncle Sam is your silent partner in those deals, so you got to pay those taxes, but. Would you like to know how to not have to pay taxes and not have to take that money and roll it over to a 1031 exchange? So uh, Mr. Don Thornton is the short sale guy he has been investing in real estate, uh, investing in short sales since he was a newbie way back in 2002. Uh, He's flipped over 3,500 short sales in his career. And he's currently expanding his short sale business nationwide from Florida and is looking to add investors to his network to help monetize their upside-down leads, help to monetize their upside-down leads. He always investors how they can legally avoid capital gains taxes without doing a 1031 exchange and how to convert up to 97% of the net income into permanently tax-deferred passive income by using a special trust. I know that's something that you all want to hear about. So without further ado, Mr. Don Thornton, we need to have some uh, clapping hands that bring bring people in like you, man, We're having that great information to share with us today. Thank you for joining us, Don. I know I told the folks a little bit about who you are. Give us some of the real background of how you got started and how you got in this lane of real estate investing.
1: Well, it was sheer desperation. I, I, I'll just be honest with you. I mean, that's what happens sometimes. I mean, I'll give you a, a real quick version of this. Uh, actually... You know, I, I got started in my mid-30s. My career path before then was I was going to be a Russian language specialist with the State Department. Government work was what wow. I wanted to do. And then I just happened to be in Moscow when the wall fell and, you know, the Soviet Union disappeared. And all of a sudden, you know, if you were if you were an American who spoke fluent Russian, which I did, all these joint ventures, all these American companies came in. And they were hiring you off the street for seven, eight, nine thousand dollars a you know a month just because you had a, a U.S. passport and you spoke fluent Russian, and all that money spoiled me. And I said, "Screw government work, <laughs> I want the money." And I ended up I ended up staying for I don't know ten years, I guess. And wow. uh, but I went I you know I, I, I got married. I have two kids, I have a grandson now. But back then, you know, we we uh, decided that we we're going to go back to the states. And we went. We went back to. We went to Orlando because my sister was here at the time. And We said, "Why not? You know, we'll just go there." And uh, I got hired by a company, and they sent me right back to Russia, <laughs> which was weird. Wow. But wow. my my. Uh, so we. I went back and worked with them for a couple of years, and they they were a pipeline inspection uh, company. They would go. They put robots with cameras in sewers and, and water pipes. And at the time, Russia was gonna, was getting a lot of foreign aid we were gonna do a lot of infrastructure, rebuilding and modernization. And I put together a consortium of a Canadian company, our company, a British company and a uh, Russian company. And we were gonna start rehabbing pipes. And we did a pilot project. We did like, uh, I don't know, maybe about a quarter of a mile of uh, re, uh, rehabbing this uh, water pipe out with a, a city outside of Moscow. Went wonderfully and we got a contract to rehabilitate 42 kilometers worth of water pipes in St. Petersburg, I was going to make a million dollars commission for that. Wow. And then my stupid company said, what if our equipment doesn't work? We're going to pull out. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Right.
0: So I went. Talk about desperation.
1: (laughs) I went from having. I'm about to get a million dollars bonus, not to mention my salary, to you're fired. Uh, You know, you got six months get the equipment back, or we're going to, we're going to, you know, come against you because, uh, you know, you got to get the equipment back to us. And it was just like, wow. So I said, never again will I ever work for anybody. I'm just not going to do it. I will come hell or high water. I will definitely be my own boss. So I went back to, I had to leave my family. I didn't see them for two years, almost two years. And wow. I had to find something. And, you know, my mother, bless her heart, she always told me, Don, you should be a real estate investor. Don, you should be a real estate investor. Don, you should be a real estate investor. So I said, okay. I had to pay the bills, though, so I got my mortgage license. And I, I was trying to do deals and mortgages. I was horrible at it. It was terrible. I was just barely <laughs> – I, I, could, I couldn't suck up the realtors. I just could not do it. Wow. And And my, I had a partner, and he was doing great because he could suck up the realtors, and I couldn't. And I was too proud, I guess. Anyway, he one day he said, "Don, there's this event going on in uh, Tampa. It's about short sales. Why don't you go?" And I said, "What the hell is a short sale?" And he says, "Well, right. you can make you can make some money by negotiating when people are upside down, and they can uh, you know you can you can create equity and profit." And I said, "All well, right, I'll go." So I went there, and of course, you know, it was three thousand dollars. I always get the hook to get you three grand or five grand or whatever. I guess that's cheap nowadays. But um, right. I, didn't yes. I didn't have any money. I had no money. So I raised my hand at the, at, the, at the pre-seminar seminar. I just said, look, I don't have any money, but I want to do this. I, I think it's the most brilliant strategy I've ever heard of. What would I do? If you were in my shoes, what would you do? And he just said, you know, what I would do is what I did personally. He says, I was a cook in a restaurant before I started doing this. He says, just go start knocking on knocking people's doors and say who are in foreclosure and tell them you want, you want them to give them your house. I mean, you want, them, you want them to give you want them to give you their house. Wow. I just okay. said that happens. He says, "Yes, you'll be surprised." This so, is true. <laughs> so I started doing that. The very first door I knocked on, a guy said yes. Wow. The very first guy, and I did not know anything. Wow. So my partner said, "Well, just go to this local RIA, and you'll find they're all really helpful. They'll help you." So I said, "Sure." So I went there and, you know, networked. They said, one guy said, yeah, I I can do it for you. So we, you know, I said, I'm wonderful. All right. You know, I'm going to make $15,000 and this is awesome. And wow, this real estate investing is easy. And so, but it kept dragging. It kept dragging. And then finally, now I will give you a little preface here. They were very religious. And they said after two months, I was running out of money. They said, God told us to give the deed back to the homeowner. I said, God oh. told you to give the deed back <laughs> to the homeowner? Yeah. We prayed, and then God, that was the message we got from God. I wow. said, Was God paying attention to my situation? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I literally was supplementing my, my diet by my gas cards, Shell and BP and 7 and, Eleven, and, and wow. eating hot dogs and big bites and, and big gulps. <laughs> And I said, okay. I had in, in the space of two months, I had found uh, probably twelve houses, and they gave every single deed back to those people because God kept telling them to to to. to it's the weird. It was the, I thought to myself, okay, maybe real estate investing is not that easy. So, uh, so I I said, okay, I'm done with you people. So then I went. I found another investor, and he had me fill out a, a, a resume. I had to go in and give a financial statement, and and he looked at my um, finances and said, "I can't work with you because you owe money." I said, "Yeah, because I haven't had a job." Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. He goes, "No, I, I just that just shows your character flaws. I will not work with you." Wow. I'm thinking, wow. Okay, great. So then I, you know, my friend finally said, "Look, there's this guy. You can work for him." And I guarantee you he's good. And this is around September, and of 2002, and I said, okay, whatever. So I went there. And he says, here's a deal. I'll get you $500 for every time you get me a deed, up to five, and then we'll give you a thousand after that. And then you'll get 25% of whatever we make on the short sale. I said, perfect, let's do it. Right. I found him 36 properties in less than 10 weeks. Got him, got the deeds and everything like that. And then he, then he fired me. You know why he fired me? You're giving me I'm putting too much money out. You're giving me too many houses. Really? Yes. (laughs) So he fired me. But I had two houses. I had two houses that I had not yet uh, monetized or had not given to him. They were short sales. And so I went to my friend and said, Look, I'm getting sick and tired of your recommendations because they're all a bunch of crooks. You know, they're either (laughs) religious fanatics or they're crooks. You know, and so he says, "No, let me help you find this lady." He found me a very, very nice British lady uh, down in South Florida. He says she'll do it for free. She'll teach you how to negotiate with the mortgage company. I said, "Let's do it." But I didn't have any money. I was dead broke, and so I I had this harebrained idea. I was going to go to the local RIA and just say, "I have, I have uh, two short sales. I will offer you fifty percent of whatever I make on the deal." If you give me three grand per short sale, I mean right now to keep me going. So one lady did, and it kept me going until February two thousand three when I had my first closing. I made thirteen thousand sixty seven dollars and seventy two cents. I had it framed, you know. And the week after, I made twenty five thousand. And so I went from big bites and big gulps with you know on borrowed you know gas card money to by the end of the year I think I made around eight hundred thousand dollars. And from there it was just I, I was I was off like a rocket. And then of course you can imagine how much money I was making uh, during the Great Recession.
0: You know, absolutely. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So uh,
1: and I've been doing it ever since,
0: you know. So, so now I get it, I get it, and I know how this works. I, you know, I understand the process. But somebody watching uh, or the, that would eventually watch will probably ask the question, what is a short sale? Is it is it? got to be like five feet or less to do a sale, or what? What is it? What is yeah,
1: it is. It is when a homeowner <laughs> owes more than what the property's worth, and they cannot sell it unless they bring money to the table, and usually right. it's a lot of money, right? So, uh, so you the only way to save it, or excuse me, to sell it is if the mortgage company allows you to sell it at a price that's less than a full payoff. And they will forgive the difference, and they will pay all the you know, real estate commissions and closing costs and so forth. And it's very, it's much less damage to your credit. So uh, that's what it is. So basically, how do you make money on it? Well, if they owe two hundred, and I know that they can, I can sell it for one hundred eighty thousand. Then I'm going to try to get it for one twenty. Okay. Now back in the day, I was getting a hundred eighty thousand dollar discounts, but the banks didn't know what they were doing. Now they know. So those right. kind of profits. You're very fortunate to get those, and as a business decision, we we decided that we were not going to go for the big money because we just burn our bridges with. We might make a, a big payoff every now and then, but we're going to burn our bridges with negotiators. So we decided we're going our sweet spot was going to be twelve to twenty twenty five thousand dollars, and volume. That's how we do it, and it Got worked. It. You know, it worked great. We were able to transition, and uh, but I will tell you this: if I had started short sales now, like I was back then. I'd fail. It's too complicated. They are so, you, the stuff we have to do now to get discounts. I mean, I, back in the day, it was just, you could just, you could just go, uh, uh, meet the appraiser at the property and BS for a while and, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, how much do you need? Now right. it's like, no, 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 no. You can't even talk to him. you know? So it's a whole different ball game, but you know, we're still making money. So
0: so so is it still so how, how different is the short sale process now from before and now like what what is what are some of the i mean i know like you mentioned you know you can't really work out the numbers as much uh, it's just complicated it's before.
1: complicated yeah. and you know everybody knows everything and it's just you you can't you, they know the the condition of the property they know the comps i mean you're going up against professionals and they've been trained by the School of Hard Knocks. They were losing millions and millions of dollars in short sales. Now they know. And so right, you have right. to make a very good case. I mean, we're submitting stuff, you know, 80 pages of documentation sometimes. Wow. Of, what, of why wow. we think this is, this is the, the realistic price. And, uh, you know, we win, we win most of the time, but sometimes we don't. You know, it God. just depends. So it's just I would say it's just much more sophisticated than ever was. I mean, I would say it's like back in the day it was like playing pong. You know that old video game back in the seventies. You know I'm old. Yeah. I remember that. Uh, yeah. To to, uh, to to doing whatever the video game is nowadays. You know, uh, Fortnite or whatever. That's really how okay. it, that, That's really the difference in sophistication of
0: things. Wow! Wow! Kids. Okay, okay, and and I guess you know, I I imagine it would take a lot of skills now to be able to understand what are some of those things that they're going to look for in going into that process. Yeah, you
1: know, I have people that come to me and they they want me to sell a course, and I I have a course, I do sell it, but I don't push it because I'm thinking to myself, God, you're wasting your money because you're not going to be able to learn this, it takes too long. So, I was saying. Just joint venture with our company. We'll do the negotiations, and, and you can get you get you know twenty five percent of what we make on it. That way, you can focus on what you're good at, which is finding them, and let us do what we're good at, which is creating the discounts and getting them monetized.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. Yeah. So, so I guess I imagine during a time like that, you know, it was kind of understandable mm-hmm. uh, why someone would want to potentially go that route. But what right. made you decide that you wanted to specialize uh, in short sales? When, when you were a newbie, when you were getting um, started.
1: Who wanted to do them? Today, they, people don't want to do them. You
0: right. Know?
1: And I thought to myself, plus, if I – you know, look, you can make money in real estate investing. If you get the price down low enough and there's equity, then you can resell it or you can rehab it or whatever. But the idea that I could create equity and profit out of thin air by right. my negotiations, I thought that was the most brilliant a brilliant uh, strategy I ever thought of. And plus, I mean, no, not much competition.
0: Wow, wow. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I imagine there's very little competition in that in that area not now much, as well.
1: Not much. Yeah. I mean, you get people that are doing them, and they try to do them, but they're, I mean, they're, I don't want to call them fly-by-night, but they just can't get the discounts,
0: you know? Right, 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 right. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, as how is it possible now, and I guess in what we're doing now, how can investors and wholesalers monetize their leads when the borrower owes more more
1: They need to to be in my network and uh, reach out to me. So that way, you know, if the the magic question I always teach my students or people that I work with is you always have to say this Do you owe more than what the property is worth or do you have equity? And most of them, Mm -hmm. they don't even ask that question. Or if they do, they just, okay, I I can't do anything with that lead. Right. But if you do that, and you're at a crossroads, you know that it's it's, if they say, no, I don't have the equity, short sale script. Otherwise, Definitely. it's a wholesaling script or whatever, whatever script you use, you know. Absolutely. And so then I just tell them, all you have to do is say, well, you know, we can help you out. My partner's been doing this for 20 years, you know, A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for, since 2004. He's, you know, you know helped well over 3,500 homeowners that period of time. Why don't I get you on the phone with him and he can talk to you about how this works? Mm-hmm. That's literally all you have That's to fair. do. Like, you don't have to sit there and, and learn all these short sale scripts unless you want to, but Why? I mean, we're, right, we're available right. here to, to close them for you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes it a whole lot simpler than yeah. trying to figure all that out. Yeah. You know, definitely... So I, I had a scenario some time ago mm-hmm. um, with a short sale that was also a reverse mortgage. Mm-hmm. So the person had a reverse mortgage on it, and uh, the bank, of course, didn't know how much the house was worth. They were looking to get back what they wanted to get right. back from what they loaned on it. Um, how is that a similar type of situation, or is that something yes. that you can help with?
1: <laughs> yes, and I will tell you that reverse mortgages are difficult. For one thing, if the property is vacant, they will only take 5% discount of what their appraisal value is. If it's wow. occupied, you will get zero. You get the appraisal price, and that's it. Wow. So they wow. are they are difficult. I would say in a hierarchy of the most difficult entities to work with, reverse mortgages are mm-hmm. one, and then I would say VA are number two.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And and I, I guess that you know I'm curious to know why that is. I mean because typically, in in situations that I've seen, like the house, if they do a reverse mortgage, typically it's an older person that mm-hmm. has. Unlikely updated the property in any right. amount of time, mm-hmm. so it's it's very likely that the property's not going to appraise for the market value. Um, so is it is it that part of the situation, or, or no. does that make
1: it? It's the it's the all this massive appreciation that's happened in the last three years. The banks are yes. greedy and they want it. they they think they can. Right now, they have no motivation to do a short sale, especially on vacant properties. VA, if it's vacant, don't even try. FHA, wow. if it's vacant, don't even try it. They'll, they'll, they, right now, now that's going to change as the economy turns and the, bar, the, the market goes down. But right now, yeah. one of the reasons why they're slow is that, I mean, I, don't, I used to drive for dollars or I had people driving. for. I had a whole team in Florida, like 70 people driving for dollars for me. Not anymore wow. because the vacant properties, just they're not, not that many, number one. But number two, they're not that valuable because you can't do a short
0: sale. Wow, wow. Right. That's, something else. That's something else. So you mentioned that you had to do 80 pages of documents. Mm-hmm. That's uh, average. I remember a day where we had to submit quite a bit of information. Uh, so, so what are some of the additional things that they potentially we'll be looking for in the short sale? Well, I, I mean, I don't want to in get America. into our
1: secret sauce here, but, uh, you know. I know, I know. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, and uh, we. I will tell you this. Our goal for every short sale that we submit is that we do all the work for the negotiator. We know what they want, we know the format, we know exactly how they want to get this information. And we've built, we have years of credibility with them. And you see, they get paid commissions as well. Right. But they don't want to take, you know, a very unfair deal for the bank to the investor, whoever owns the mortgage, and get their butt handed to them, and say, you know, we're not gonna, re- we're gonna reject that because this is just stupid. You know, so we protect their butt as well. And so then sure. we, we know that we know how much we can get, and we don't go above that. Got it, got yes. it. Yes. And, as long, and, and we, we want them to, when they, when they see a short sale packet from us, we want them to put it on the top of the pile and get it in and get it gone. Now, we, we just finished up one of those. We did it for 40, in 41 days,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which is really got fast it. for a short sale.
0: And just to be clear, you know, some of you know, I want to make sure, folks. When you talk about a short sale package, we talk about the documentation, yeah. all of the things that are involved in that package. And if you get it wrong the first time, if you miss a page the first time, you got to resubmit everything all over Your again. Your packet
1: whatever. goes to the bottom of the pile.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so don't try this at home, folks. And
1: listen, the negotiators think you're, you're you're an amateur, and they won't pay attention to you.
0: Absolutely. You'll get no Absolutely.
1: special treatment.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen it happen. Yeah, I I did a few short sales, you know, mm-hmm. in my day, back in the day. Yeah, And it was, you know, we submitted the documents, submitted all the documents that they asked for. Right. And then they came back and said, well, we didn't get any of it. Right. And I said, okay, well, we submitted everything again. They said, well, you're missing this. I'm like, wait a minute, we submitted that with that the first time. You know, so you're right. If you don't get everything right the first time, you're going to go through a loop. If it's anything like I, like you know, when, when I was yeah, doing it back, in pretty the day, much, yeah, pretty you much, know, And I'm figuring it out is, back then.
1: The only difference is they don't have as much volume now as they did back in, back in the day. So,
0: got it, got it, yeah. got it. So, yeah, yeah. So this it's it's quite an intense process, yes. you know, from the time that I've seen it done. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in in the world of short sales, let me say so as a wholesaler. Mm-hmm. I mean, you talked about how they could potentially monetize that. Right. You know, my partner with your company. Yes, is there Is there a scenario by which, you know, for a wholesaler, we're watching, is there a scenario by which they automatically would know that this is a situation that they should partner with you on? Um, now, of course, looking at it, being very little equity or no equity as obvious situation. Um, is it a scenario where the mortgage has to be behind? No, as long as they're upside down,
1: that's all that matters.
0: Okay. Okay, Good. 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 Okay. So you know, because before they were they were yeah. want the mortgages to be behind in order to entertain no. even a possibility. I've done short
1: sales where they've been current.
0: Got it, got yeah. it, got it. Okay, okay. Uh, Candace Briss says, "Great information. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for tuning in, Candace. All right. So now let's get into this. Uh, now we talk about short sales, and I know you know if there's anybody watching that has questions about short sales, certainly you know chime in and uh, send us your questions. But I want to talk about the the good. The meat of this, right? What we what we came here really, what I came here really to talk about right. um, is how to legally avoid all capital gains taxes without doing a 1031 exchange.
1: Yes, that's going to be great. And if we, I, I hate to say this, this is lack of preparation on my part, but I need to get my power cord or we're going to go dark here in about two seconds. No, that's okay. O-
0: that's, okay. that's okay. I, I
1: apologize <laughs> for that. You know, That's right. riff riff for me.
0: <laughs> so, so yeah, this this will be the the the, uh, the momentary monologue. But <laughs> well, listen, guys, you know, for those of you that are tuning in, this is something that you really really want to hear about. Um, because again, for those of us that fix and flip, or for those of you that have been fixing flipping for a number of time, number of years, you probably have. Well, I won't say lost money. I won't say lost money because you can't lose it if you never had it. But from the time that we learned to buy houses and fix them up, that significant amount of capital gains taxes that you pay on the money that you make, if, if you are interested or wanting to know how to save that money, just like I am, you know, stick around and hear this information. Um, if you're watching it on the replay, uh, go ahead and put a two in the comments. To just, just let us know you watched it on the, on the replay. And let us know where you're tuning in from so we can uh, definitely connect with you. And don't forget to, forget to like Share and subscribe uh, this podcast. All right, so tell us, tell us, uh, Mr. Dorn, how do we save money on capital gains okay. without doing a 1031 exchange?
1: All right, so it's it's there is a trust that is called a non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary, spendthrift trust. All right, it is a unique trust. It's based on contract law. It's not based on legislative law. What does that mean? percent of the trusts that are out there living trusts, family trusts all this stuff you know they are um based on what some law that was passed by some legislative entity okay this con this is a contract law trust which means that you know and its basic uh concept is that you know we we're guaranteed with the constitution to be able to have you know, a contract between entities or people. Okay. So uh this is this is why not many people have heard about this. This is why, you know, ninety-nine percent of the CPAs or attorneys, even attorneys I talk I talk to, they never heard of it. Okay. But it has been around for decades. I know the law firm that we work with has you know has has had this master trust for well over fifty years. And it has been the go to asset protection and tax reduction strategy for the really, really wealthy, really wealthy. Okay. Absolutely. So it's Absolutely. kind of been their, their little click and they don't No one, no, no one advertises this. Okay. You're not going to see it, you know, in, in a Google ad or whatever, you know, or, or, or on TV because it's, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's been, it's been held very uh, tight to the, to the chest, as you want to say, starting to get down to us. I heard it I heard about it from a it's, more, it's been mostly word of mouth for a lot of, for a lot of years. I heard about it from another from another investor. And you know I was like I never heard of that trust what do you mean? And he went through with me and and I did my due diligence and I realized wow I've been I've been lighting $100 bills on fire for 20 years and, and I whatever right? But it, right? So here's here is what makes it so unique and special. It is, this type of trust was actually uh, modified. It existed before the tax code came into existence in the 1930s. But it was modified so that way it could be in compliance with IRS code 643B. All right. This kind of trust with this tax code, IRS code 643B. And it is designed, but, you know, it's designed to permanently defer any capital gains taxes or any passive income that comes into this trust okay wow. so in a real estate context that means if you if you're a buy and hold uh, investor and you have you know let's say you have 15 doors okay the rents that are coming in are passive income for the trust therefore no taxes they're they're deferred forever as long wow. as the trust exists, okay? So uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept. It's, it's, it's a non-grantor, which means if I'm gonna be the trustee of my trust, I cannot create the trust. Somebody else has to create the trust, then appoint me as a trustee, and that person resigns. So now the trust exists, I'm the trustee, and so it's a non-grantor trust. There's a lot of grantor trusts out there, they don't have any tax advantages. Okay, because the yeah, IRS, right, will, the IRS right. will think that, that that trust is an alter ego of yourself and they will not give you any tax advantages. Okay. Got
0: Second it, of all, it's it. an
1: irrevocable trust, which means you cannot use that trust as a holding pen to transfer properties in and out or assets in and out. And so I don't, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I will constantly, uh, when I'm talking to someone, I will constantly interrupt them and, and, and uh, correct them when they say, how do you transfer, you know, property to the trust? Like you don't transfer it, you sell it. Okay. Absolutely. You have to irrevocably sell the asset into the trust. Okay. Right. So once that asset is in the trust, let's say again a multifamily commercial building, whatever. So now that's in the trust, the trust is going to have the you as the trustee. You're going to sign a lease agreement with any tenants, and so when they pay, they pay the trust. It goes in the trust bank account. So like I said, that's passive income for the trust. Therefore. Any taxes that would be owed are deferred in perpetuity permanently, okay? When you, when you have a trust asset that you want to sell, then as trustee, you put it on the market. It could be a FISBO, It could be realtor, whatever. It doesn't matter. You sign a contract. When that money is – when that contract is consummated, the money comes into your trust bank account, then it, as long as that money stays in the corpus of the trust – the bank account is not dispersed to yourself or anybody else. In any of the beneficiaries, then any taxes are capital gains taxes are deferred forever. Okay, no 1031 exchanges, and that's a game changer, it, don't you it. think? That is an absolute game changer because 1031 Absolutely. exchanges suck, right?
0: Absolutely, you have a very that's tight
1: definitely. window of how what you get something under contract. You got to find exactly the kind of square square footage, you know, the year built within five year window and, and, and with, its account, with the housing market, the way it's been the last three years, good luck finding an exact match. And so whatever, right. whatever you don't right. match on that's taxable, right? Absolutely. It's so Absolutely. hard. And this is so much easier. And literally it's that simple because this, you know, this, this type of trust in, um, in congruence with uh, IRS code 643B, it means that no, any taxes can be deferred in perpetuity. It's, it's not a taxable event, any capital gains. Okay? Mm. And that's just the bottom line. It's just the way it is. So I don't know why any real estate a buy and hold investor does not have this trust. But to me, it's just, wow. why would you want to do it the other way? It's, like, it's For me, it's like this, the comparison is going to be here probably in a couple of years as word gets around. I'm doing my part to get that word around uh,
0: is that people are going to
1: look at a 1031 exchange as if it's a rotary phone comparison to your iPhone.
0: Wow. (laughs) Why would you want
1: to do that? It doesn't work and you don't need to have it that way. Okay.
0: This is true.
1: So so I'm telling you, you, once you have that trust, you will never pay capital gains again.
0: Wow. Wow. So the, the question was asked, what is the name of the trust again?
1: Uh, it is called a non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary, spendthrift trust.
0: <laughs> That's why nobody's using it. They don't know how to pronounce all that.
1: Right. Exactly. <laughs> each, each name, each word in this name has its own specific responsibility. So right. at the end right. is spendthrift trust, okay? The spendthrift right. provision means, let's go back to buy and hold people, okay? If you're a buy-and-hold uh, owner, it's, it's not when you're going to – if you're going to get sued, it's going to be when you get sued, okay? When you have your properties in – or your assets in the trust, the spin provision gives you 100% lawsuit-proof asset protection. No court overturn orders can be done against the trust. Uh, it cannot be penetrated. If you like, the only thing that only, you can only get you can only get penetrated if you're doing criminal activity or if you're doing fraudulent activity inside the trust. That's it. Otherwise, it gets in front of a judge. The judge will toss it, and and, and it will not. You know, it, it won't go forward. So, uh, so the spin thread part. We you know we don't we talk more about the taxes, but that's that's a big deal. Think about you flip it, fix and flippers out there. What if a contractor falls off of a ladder, right? Or right, what if somebody right. slips and falls in front of your in front of your, your thing or whatever? Yeah. I mean, you're protected from that with, wow. with the trust. So that's just one pillar of the trust. Now, the, the I talked about uh, irrevocable and non-grantor, discretionary. So, as trustee, you have one hundred percent discretion to manage the trust. I mean, the trust assets on behalf of the beneficiary. Okay, so I mean, what that mean? You got one hundred percent power. Okay, right,
0: right.
1: So, but you have no personal right. liability on this and you could you and the beneficiaries can enjoy you know the, the benefits of, of the trust and the money coming in. I mean if I know a lot of people always say well well I'll give you an example okay so I had a business owner approach me in in August and he was gonna sell his business for seven point five million dollars well that's capital gains so he was right, gonna get hit right. with one point seven million dollars of capital gains so we got him a trust Sold the assets of the business to him per- first and then to the trust. And then he signed they with the purchase and sell contract with the buyer. And so that $1.7 million did not go to the IRS. It went to his trust and stayed inside his trust. Now, he's 100%, he's 100% control of, of, of his assets. He doesn't own them anymore, but he controls them.
0: Got now, it. Okay. if
1: he takes any of that money and pays himself, well, that's taxable event.
0: Right, okay? exactly. But
1: – If it stays in the trust what people don't realize is that with this trust almost all of your expenses are trust expenses and the trust can pay for them so you're paying for most of your expenses with pre-tax dollars or permanently tax deferred dollars and so there's no disbursements made so you don't have any cap you don't have any taxable events
0: Wow. So wow. the
1: only thing the trust cannot pay for is the three Fs. Food, fashion, and fun.
0: Oh, okay. But okay.
1: but if you have minor children in your in your trust, then it pays for pretty much everything for them.
0: Okay. Yes.
1: If yes. you if you have your personal residence, you sell it into the trust. The trust will pay for everything. Your mortgage, your insurance, uh you give a if you have a uh, cleaning service, it pays for that. Water heater breaks, pays for that. You know, anything, a ha- lot of maintenance pays for that. Anything to happens tr- with the, with that asset, the trust pays for.
0: Right.
1: Vehicle, right. same thing. If it's in the trust, it's a trust asset, pays for everything. Uh, for, for you know, for kids, their education, uh, their clothes, you know, their food, activities, anything to do with, like I said, health, wellness, education, whatever, that's all paid for by the trust. Right. So now you're taking money that would have gone to the irs is now inside your trust that you control but it's not taxable to you it's not taxable for the trust and it's paying for all of your most of i'd say 90 plus percent of your expenses okay so that that is absolutely a game changer and if you're making money then you should do this but there's a second thing here okay because we're talking about buying whole people right right we also have flipping, you know, fix and flippers, we also have uh, wholesalers. Anytime mm-hmm. that you're bringing money and it's not a capital gains event, that's considered ordinary income. Right. Ordinary income, if, if you make above $165,000 a year, that is taxed at 32%. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why people with 1099 jobs, uh, business owners, anybody in that in who makes that kind of money with ordinary income they're getting killed on taxes, right? So what this trust can do is convert that active ordinary income into passive income for the trust, which allows it to have all taxes permanently deferred. It's a little bit different, but this is how you do it. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna tell you you what, in my scenario as an investor, okay? My, I didn't, I never take property, I never take short sales, uh, title to short sales anymore. The last four years, I have, a, I have a monetization exit strategy that allows me to make money on these things without having to buy them. Okay, so it's kind of like a wholesale um, uh, compensation. So because it's not there's no taxable there's no capital gains or short term capital gains on that. So it's just income. So I was getting killed on taxes for that. But now here's what I did. I sold all of my personal and my business assets into the trust and not just tangible assets also my intangible assets my know-how my secret right. strategies the secret Absolutely. sauce everything is monetized and sold into the trust right. okay so now i'm going to open up an llc that's going to run my short sale business my s corp gone but this this L- new llc cannot generate revenue because it doesn't have any assets with which to generate the revenue. Because where are the assets? They're in the trust. Right, Okay. Right. So here's what you do. The first thing you do is you make the trust a 90% member or partner in your LLC. First thing. Second thing you're gonna do is in order for your LLC to be able to generate revenue, it needs access to the assets. So the trust will lease those assets to your LLC. Got okay. Now the the IRS will allow up to seventy percent of your pre-tax net income to be used as a lease payment. So we're gonna I'm gonna blow your mind here. Okay. All right. Better get some towels.
0: You know, too, too late. I was gonna clean say it. too late.
1: <laughs> this is gonna blow you away. Let's say that you have a million dollars of pre-tax net income. Now I'm saying a million dollars because it's easy math for me. Because I was Uh, was a humanities major and Russian major in college. I was not finance. So so let's say a million dollars. So you've already taken your expenses out. You've already uh, done your deductions. This is what's left over. Mm -hmm. Normally, if this is active income, ordinary income, you'd be paying 32% of that, which is $320,000 worth of taxes that you would pay on that normally. But all we're going to do here is we are going to add Two more expenses to your LLC that's so going to drop its pre and income down to, to laughably low number. All right. Wow, What's right. the first one? The lease, right? Definitely. The yes. LLC has got to pay that lease. Right. And if the IRS allows up to 70% of their pre and income to be used as a lease, well, that's $700,000, right? Right. That's going to go over to the trust as a lease payment. Now you've, you've reduced your pre-tax and income from a million dollars down to $300,000. So now we have one more expense for the trust. Remember how the trust is a 90% member of your, of your uh, LLC? Yes. Needs to get paid for that, right? Absolutely. So 90% of 300000 is $270,000. So that's going to go over that. You're going to wire that over to the trust as a K-1 distribution. So now we've moved, we've converted $970,000 if it was active ordinary income into passive income for the trust. So once we have finished deducting those two expenses, we're left with $30,000. That's what we're going to calculate our taxes on for the LLC. Now, the lease payments, passive income for the trust. The K-1 distribution is passive income for the trust. So again, according to IRS code 643B, the trustee who has 100% discretion is able to, um, on, the, on your 1041 tax return, which you're gonna submit to the IRS, your trust submits tax returns. He's right. gonna, he or she is gonna write extraordinary dividend for the trust. And that means that all that passive income that came in is now, the taxes that would be owed on that are now permanently tax-deferred, as long as you don't disperse.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah, Um, is it not? So, so what I'm going to do, I'm going to cut this recording off so we don't tell anybody else about this. We got a couple questions. Sure. Um, I, I mean, I have so many questions after all that. Sure. But uh, I want to give the audience an opportunity to ask the questions. We have Candace that says, "Since the money has to stay in the bank account for the trust, how can you have access? How can you have access to the funds? And are you unable to use the funds to purchase more properties, etc.? Uh, I think you had. You're there, the tru- you You're the
1: trustee. You, you open the bank account. You have the checkbook. You have the debit card. You can you can make as you can purchase as many properties as you want. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. and like I said, that's the whole uh, point. Everything's in the trust. You control the trust, and so if you want to buy property, the trust buys the property.
0: Right, right. right. I think I think you did answer that, um, but I think you mentioned something about the disbursements. As long as you don't take disbursements, yeah. Um, but but you did, yeah. I believe you did answer that question. Right. And she had the next question as, how many assets can you have in a single trust? Well, it's certain of assets to, to mm-hmm. hold in the trust before starting a new trust. Okay,
1: um, it's 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 very limited. The trust is very limited. Uh, it's you can only have a million or more.
0: A million assets.
1: assets? <laughs> Unlimited. <laughs> as many trust as as many assets you want in the trust. It's one tax return. So wow. you no longer have to take prop, title to properties in land trusts or LLCs you don't have to manage all these different entities that you normally would do for asset protection reasons mostly because the trust right. has 100% asset protection so now think about how much money you're going to save on on accounting you know right. when when you only do right. one tax return and all Definitely. your assets are in the one trust
0: and and the thing about so so just to give the the idea you know make some make sure there's some clarity here for people that yeah. are you know trying to figured this out. Um, when when many of the many of the investors purchase in, mm-hmm. like so, for example, from a hard money lender. Yes. And the hard money lender has to lo- loan to the LLC, mm-hmm. right? So typically, there are some that will allow you to take title in a trust. But okay. you know, for those that have to have have to take title in the LLC, how is it that they change that LLC and get it into the trust? so that when they either sell or refinance, it's sold from the trust, does ever, that make sense?
1: Have you ever heard of this thing called a subject to transaction?
0: Absolutely, <laughs> yes,
1: yes. So you, can, so you can do it personally or through an LLC and then you can get your financing and then what you can do is just do a bill of sale and a warranty deed to the trust and, trust. and, 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 and an assignment of note and then right. but you never record it because you're not you're not required to record
0: that absolutely absolutely right great stuff great stuff and and now now of course when it's sold that that documentation that doesn't get recorded yes then you give it to the title
1: know. company record it and now you have chain of title
0: yeah. yeah yeah i just i do want to make sure we clear and clarify yes. for the folks that yes. that may that may miss it right. um absolutely absolutely phenomenal yeah. so how does one have all of this happen? How does one have a uh, sugar-free weight loss trust? <laughs> uh,
1: you know, you just reach out to me, and I'll be glad that, that we can do a free we can do a free strategy session. I can figure out you know what your needs are, what you're looking for, and yeah, we can we can uh, we can do that. I mean, and remember, it's not just for real estate, right? Right. If you're a business right, owner. Right, right. The same thing. Your active income is going to be transitioned into passive income for the trust, and there, you know, you can save up to, like I said, up to as by as much as ninety-seven percent your taxes. Real That's estate, true. real estate agents, your commissions, those are active income. Same Absolutely. thing. Ten ninety-nine people. Like it's just business owners when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, selling your stuff. No capital gains. So there's literally there's literally no downside to this, and it's just one time. You don't have right. to keep paying money. Invest in the trust. And and then that's it. Wow. That's it. And these trusts wow. last forever. I mean, you can – oh, and by the way, that's the nice. assets that you have in your trust, personal assets including, and you have your family members as beneficiaries. Like, for example, my wife is, is what is called a successor trustee. So something happens to me and she takes over. So yeah. we have a grandson. Eventually he's going to be trustee of this trust it can go on for generations yeah. you just have to renew it every twenty one years and that's it Wow yeah
0: wow right and, and you know listen i have known about trust and irrevocable trust and asset protection and all that but I had no idea like the, you know basically in essence I want to is, is it okay to describe it this way is stacking the trust is what makes the you know when you talked about the um, the irrevocable trust and the uh, non well, last... spendthrift? The spendthrift, yes. yes. So it's like stacking them to create the specific trust that that gives you the specific yeah, type of I trust. mean you,
1: you have five pillars and the pillars are all necessary and if yeah. you have all pillars they worked they work this way together, then you're golden, right?
0: Absolutely, absolutely Great stuff! Yeah. Uh, I'm already getting requests for us to do this all over again.
1: <laughs> uh, listen, um, listen, you guys. If you, had, I'm telling you, in the next couple of years, as this word gets out and, and we're, you know, I'm promoting this like you wouldn't believe. I'm on podcasts. Right. I'm, I'm on social media. You know, ten thirty ones are only going to be used by people that you know would, like I said, are, are the ones that never want to, never want to upgrade their car. You know. I mean, because they're used right. to it, but ultimately you don't need them. And this is going to be the go-to strategy for real estate investors and beyond anybody who's not a W-2 employee. The only people who can't help are W-2 employees. Right. You, right. Poor, you poor bastards are not help, helpable. They can't, can't help you on that. But so anybody else, we can. And I would say, I often get asked, well, how much do you need to be making for this to be uh, worth it? 250000 300000 and above. Of of income is really where you know it starts to really help you because that's where you're going to get the tax the tax savings. Uh, you you're you're going to see that almost immediately. Uh, at that at that level, you know you're going to you're going to be able to break even or even get in the black when it comes to whatever your initial investment is with the trust. And then and after that, it's just pure profit.
0: You know, I mean right.
1: profit in the sense you're not giving away all your profit.
0: Absolutely. For taxes. Man, and just think about had had we had this information, I mean, for some of us that have flipped a few houses in mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and for those that have taken significant payouts on those houses that they sold that were sold above market mm-hmm. and they take significant payouts and you know, it was great. But yeah. half of that money went back to <laughs> back to yes. the government. Yes. You know.
1: Yeah, and uh I will say one thing, because I know that I have heard this so many times. Oh, it sounds too good to be true. I don't think this is I don't think it's true, whatever. You know, I'm gonna tell you this guys, okay? This trust has been vetted by the IRS. That takes a long time. They go through it, you know, with a fine tooth comb, and then at the end they issue what they call a trust private letter ruling. It goes through every single type of uh, taxable events that could happen with the trust and everything. And the, I can, anybody who's interested, I'll get, I'll get you a copy. You know, it's, it's right there, but it specifically talks about this strategy with capital gains and converting the passive, active income to the passive income. It specifically talks, it says that this is in compliance with IRS code 643B. That is an IRS document, okay? And there's only one trust that's a master trust that has this uh, certification by the IRS. There are other trusts out there that, you know, just because it says non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary, uh, spendthread trust doesn't mean it's this trust that's been vetted by the IRS. This is the master trust. So, um, I mean, I know people are going to be running to their Google thing and they want to go and say, where is this, where can they find it or whatever. You know, there's different things out there. This trust is the only one that has that status, okay?
0: Got it, got it. Yeah. Great stuff, great stuff. So uh, Candace says, uh, please share info, reach it out ASAP.
1: (laughs) Well, what you can do is uh, go to my website. It's HTTPS colon slash slash financial freedom, the number four, uh, U, like, you know, the, the letter U dot uh, now n o w dot s i t e financial freedom for you dot now dot site n o w dot s i t e and you can go there leave your information and then we can uh, you can download my ebook that goes over this you can watch a webinar that I did similar to what we talked about now for real estate investors and you can most importantly you can schedule a free strategy session with me and we can go over what you're doing and see how this would work and what would be good for you so you know I will tell you this what I described to you today is basic, real estate investing, basic tax strategy with this. Now, if you're syndicating or you have multiple partners and things like that, then, you know, you're going to want to have um, maybe another trust that goes with it called a business trust or a real estate investing trust. OK, so if you're like for me, I don't have partners. I don't do multiple, I don't have preset distributions. So this works just fine for me. But if you're in more complicated, uh, more sophisticated investing, then you know. Then that you know. That's why I'm saying, have a strategy session. We can talk about what what it is you need, and I can show you points you in the right direction as far as what the best strategy is for you. And before we talk about, I know we're almost almost over with our time. But I will say this, guys. Assets are anything that has value. So you can sell crypto. You can sell. If you're you're Forex, if you have stocks, bonds, you know, uh, um, precious metals, you know, it's all, it's the same thing. They are trust assets. And when you sell them, there are no capital gains. Okay. Think about that. Think about that. You have a stock portfolio. You have a stock portfolio.
0: And these are
1: trust assets. The money comes into the trust. You liquidate some stocks. That's capital gains. Deferred forever. Wow. If it is a trust asset, it comes into the trust.
0: Wow. So it's not wow. just real estate. I, real stuff, real stuff. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that was the question I was going to ask, like, you know, as it relates to assets, like all of the things that you can mm-hmm. potentially sell to generate income on. Yes. All of those things can be protected. That's 100%.
1: amazing. That's 100%. Amazing.
0: Wow. Wow. Man, listen, this has been... By far, <laughs> one of the most <laughs> informal, informative shows that we've had. Um, now, thank you very much for, I appreciate uh, it. Thanks uh, for, for having connection. me on. And uh, you know, it's it's very, very good to have this type of information so that you know people can know how to benefit from doing business in real estate and doing business. I mean, period, yeah. you know, based on what you're sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will certainly be. Be sure that we share this information, you know, with others. And for those of you that are watching, please be sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the channel, so that we can bring you this information on a continuous basis. And we certainly will have you back, Don, Look to uh, talk some more about, you know, how this is working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm already, I'm already certain that, you know, a couple of people that I know that are watching will be reaching out to you, one sure. of them being myself. Um, And, uh, you know, just going over some ways of how this can be beneficial in doing what we do. Yes. Um, I want to give you an opportunity once again to share with you, the folks, your contact information, how they can reach out to you.
1: You Uh, know what? Let's just make it simple because I don't care. My number is four. My cell phone is 407-902-7827. Send me a text. Okay. Okay. I just keep it simple, right. stupid. I'm a very simple person. The strategy is very simple. It sounds complicated, but it's not. It's simple, and I don't mind. Text me.
0: Okay, very good, very good. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, is there anything anything else you want to share before we go? You mentioned your ebook. I want to, uh, tell the folks how they can come across that again.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you can go to my uh, like I said the website, which is uh, https:, slash slash financial freedom, the number four the letter u.now.site, dot dot N-O-W dot S-I-T-E. Go in there, leave your information. You'll be, you'll go to my website where uh, you can download my ebook and watch my webinar.
0: Great stuff, mm-hmm. great stuff. Um,
1: great. If you don't right. mind, I'll say one thing in conclusion.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely.
1: Um, there is no such thing as too good to be true with this. This is, right. listen, this has been vetted. Uh, this works There is a lot of stuff on the internet about IRS code 643B. So um, there, I mean, I'm gonna forewarn you about that. And accountants and most lawyers don't know about this. So there's gonna be some pushback when you start talking to people like that. But I will tell you, I will be glad to send you the IRS trust private letter ruling that goes over this, like I told you. And you can show it to any licensed professional and they'll know what that means, okay? This works. There's a lot of trust out there, and people are trying to do scams with different trusts. The IRS, even on their site, they have like a whole section of trust fraud. Okay. And I can give you an ebook that I put together that shows how this trust does not apply to any of those things that they put on there. This has been vetted, it's been around for 15, you know, for over 50 years. This law firm would be in jail if they were selling, you know, fraudulent stuff like this. And they did, their, they did they did they did everything right. And so this is the only trust that, can, that has these pillars that gets you that's been vetted by the IRS and checkmark. It's like a blue it's a, like a blue check mark on social media, right? It's been verified, and have, there's no no need to be f- afraid that somehow you're going to get in trouble with the IRS because the IRS already already checked this out frontwards and backwards.
0: Great stuff. Great stuff. All right, again, thank you so much for Thanks being so on the lot. show today. Thanks for coming on and sharing the information. And guys, don't forget, he also does short sales. So if you have yep. properties that you want to submit to him or have him partner with you on to help you get the short sales done, don't hesitate to reach out to him for those as well, mm-hmm. uh, especially those of you that are wholesalers that don't know what to do with those upside down deals. Mm-hmm. And you just throw them away. Um, certainly reach out to Don and he'll, he'll be glad to help you out with those as well. Uh, thank you all for tuning in today. Thank you for watching. This has been the Real Life Real Estate Investing Show, where we talk about real life real estate situations, but we certainly bring you real life real estate solutions. And again, thank you, Don, for joining us today. Thank you for hanging out with us. Thank you for sharing the information. And uh, we we'll look forward to seeing you all soon.